Welcome to Chatman and Robin. I'm Max Peterson. And I'm Bird. And you almost got serenaded this morning, but Bird made me feel bad about it, so I went back and re-recorded the <sighs> intro. I thought I had a real, like, Frank Sinatra vibe going on, oh. but uh, it wasn't. It wasn't no. at all. It was no. like... Re- it was like boy band. Boy band? Yeah. Boy band Reese's Code? One Direction. Well, you almost heard what I would sound like as mm. a member of One Direction, and I'm sorry mm. that you missed it, but that's just the way things go. Um, I'm a dream killer. You are a bit of a dream killer. So what are you drinking, dream killer? I am drinking peppermint tea with some mint leaves from my own plants. I've been meaning to ask, the mint leaves in our garden, are those spearmint or peppermint? Peppermint. They are peppermint. They are peppermint. So you're drinking peppermint tea with fresh from the garden peppermint leaves as well. Yeah, because the stuff you get in a bag is just like crusty old dust. Peppermint dust. Crusty old dust. Yeah. Hmm. (laughs) Don't know why we keep... I'm so smart. Don't know why we keep buying tea, big bags of crusty old dust. (laughs) Not that, not that into it. It's weird. It's to feel terrible. Now. I talk so good. Why do we have a podcast? I'm gonna switch to coffee now from now on. I just so you those... can drink hot bean juice. I, yeah. God damn. You just wreck all hot beverages. Hot seed pit juice. There. That's what it is. You, so in the morning, you either have a cup of hot bean juice or what was the other one? Dried crusty old, dust. Dried. Yeah. Bags of crusty dust. So you're either drinking crusty dust or hot bean juice. My two favorite drinks in you the world. Up. Mm. You want to wreck scotch for me? Can you think of some way to like destroy, ass. just wreck scotch? No, that's fine. I'm into that. Me, <laughs> pour me a big old glass of ass. I'm mm. down, baby. Ew. So in keeping with our... our disc- <laughs> what are you drinking? I am. I always forget to tell you what I'm drinking. It's like I want it to be a secret. Crusty dust? I'm drinking <laughs> some sort of crusty dust, yes. This <laughs> is ginger crusty dust. This is Meyer brand ginger tea. <laughs> ginger tea. I'm crusty ginger what <laughs> what did you say why are you cracking yeah, you're cracking yourself up today i can't wait for the third episode we're gonna re- record tonight where you just completely oh lost your mind altogether and you're not even human anymore <laughs> what were you I'm gonna, gonna sell tea it's gonna be called crusty <laughs> crusty <laughs> crusty dust <laughs> that's gonna be your tea brand is it gonna be c-r-u-s Dash T E A dust, crusty dust. I don't think we're gonna be able to do this show. I don't think you're gonna make it. I think Bird is about to die, everyone. So R.I.P. Bird. Let me tell you my thoughts. I'm crying. <laughs> Why is it so funny? It's not funny. Are you tired? Yes. Okay, Bird's overtired, but we're gonna make it through this. So we've had like nothing but sugar today. We're back. To, we did eat a bunch of ice cream earlier in the day. Um. So we're we're the back on ice cream we're back on Lost Girls this month, and we are doing <gasps> Lost Girls chapters nine and ten. Uh, but before we get to those, the last Lost Girls we did was the episode where we got Wendy Moira Angela Darling's story. Although it's Darling, isn't it? In the book, they her yeah. name is Darling. So in the last the last comic we tackled in this particular book, the in Lost Girls by Alan Moore and Melinda Gibby. Gabby was a bit <clears throat> tricky. It was troubling. It was the it's incesty the, is the word you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, it was. There was a lot of incest in it, and we were making our way through it, and we we were having trouble coming to terms with it or coming to grips with it because it's just 
uncomfortable weird. yeah and also um, it's it's a taboo nasty. it seems beyond the pale so we were like god how did this end up in here and then i noted that there are several other british authors from this time period who included incest mm-hmm. and then i got to thinking about the royal family not the you know not prince harry and uh, what's her name megan markle not not Meghan Markle. Not that royal family, but look, when you look historically at the royal family, there are specific royal birth defects from inbreeding. Oh, and the Egyptians, man, those yeah. fuckers just fucked their sister I mean, and their sister's mom, and even their gods were incestuous. The Egyptians, remember we found yeah, that out? siblings, yeah, yeah, like marrying siblings was not that uncommon. Osiris and. ISIS, right? There's a book by Mark Miller. I don't know if it's Mark Millar. It's not the Mark Millar of comic book fame, but there's a book called The Good Fairies of New York where uh, I'm, th- I'm just thinking, and the more you think about it, <clears throat> incest kind of crops up often, like weirdly often. There's, there's In that book, we find Maybe out that- Maybe we're just like- we're total squares because we're not an incest. That might be the case. I don't know. Um, but the, in that book, the fairies, for fairies, there are no, like, taboos against incest. So the main, the two main protagonists, the two main fairies in this book called The Good Fairies of New York mm-hmm. are brother and sister, but they're also lovers. And that's just normal throughout the whole book. That just happens throughout the whole book. Is they like? Do they, make, do they make little baby fairies? No, they're... they're I think they're like um, when it when you're that closely related, you're they're they're sterile. They can't procreate, oh. but they have sex with each other throughout the whole book, and it's totally treated as normal. So you're reading. Didn't this you just book. recommend this book to me? It's a good book. That's the that's the weirdest part is I got this recommendation through Neil Gaiman because Neil Gaiman wrote an introduction for it. He loved it. it he blew it up on his. Um, his uh, uh, journal when he would, was still doing his journal regularly. Please come back and do that, Neil, because he listens to our show. I was just going to um, say. Yeah, so The Good Fairies of New York is an excellent book. It's where I discovered the New York dolls. The writing is amazing, and it's like a cool modern fairy tale set in New York. The only thing about it that's kind of strange or outside of my realm of experience is that once in a while, the brother and sister main character fairies are just like... We are really upset, blah, blah, blah. Do you want to go bang in the bushes? You're sure. And they go and fuck each other and then come back. But there's there's no, like, it's not like they don't write the sex scenes. It's just inferred that that's what they're doing. And they come right out and say it. They're like, they're lovers, but that's not weird because it's not weird in fairyland. So get over it. And that's then they move on. <laughs> it's really strange. So that all leads me up to saying, after we did that episode, I did a search. And I looked up um, incest. I looked up um, I looked up. Didn't in, you find an article? I typed. Well, I first the first thing I did was type in incest just to see what would come up in my search history. And then the feds kicked down our door later that day. But no, I typed in incest. And the first thing that came up was Pornhub's new incest filter. Remember, I showed mm-hmm. I showed it to you. But if you and I was like, well, that's weird. So if you click that, it takes you to Pornhub, the porn site. And right at the top of the page, there was. Um, tired of seeing or don't want to see any more incest videos click here or tired of seeing mom mom and stepdaughter or mom and stepson or daddy and daughter videos click here they built a filter into their homepage because so much of their new content that was being uploaded every day and so many highly rated featured videos like the Basically, videos people are watching go to the front page mm-hmm. because of so many people are watching them and new uploads go to the front page. Hmm. And for like the last I did, Ed Bird alluded to it. I read several more articles about it. But over the last like two years or three years, incest porn has become the most popular pornography in the United States. 
So mm, that explains a lot about our current political. <laughs> oh, are we going to get political on this show? No, but like, uh, it became well, fucking brother it, fuckers, there sister were, fuckers. There were so well, you know, if she wasn't my daughter, I'd date her. I'd be banging her face. Like that's a thing our president said. I'm not. That's not even uh, political. I'm just quoting a world leader. Well, he didn't say he'd bang her face. He didn't say no. He didn't. It say was he'd heavily her implied. He didn't say he'd bang her face. No. Uh, said he would date her because she was like a hot piece of ass. Or I don't know what he said. It was implied though that he would fuck his own daughter. Yes, that was heavily implied that he would grab her by the. Oh, he upsets. But um, no, yeah. So the first thing that was that I found was that Pornhub was having such a problem with. So many people were watching incest porn and uploading incest porn that when you went to Pornhub, it was all incest porn. So they built a filter. So you click it and it takes out anything with any of those tags and you're left with quote unquote normie porn or whatever, you know, like what? I had that problem this morning. Which was? Finding too much incest porn. You kept running into incest porn? (laughs) Hmm, Interesting. Yeah. So I started reading um, some articles about it. And because like we did this episode and I was like, I was so, I was kind of People like, people aren't like that. That's well, weird. The weird thing is, is because I loved Alan Moore. So, I love Alan Moore so much. I was like, I got to understand why he chose to do that mm-hmm. because that's a pretty extreme thing. And he doesn't just do stuff for shock value. He does a lot of shocking things, but there's always a reason. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why, why did he do that? What is the deal with incest? Let's go find out. And I started reading articles and for like the last three years, there has been a like exponential increase in the number of incest porn related searches to the point where, as I mentioned earlier in the show, just like just a minute ago, incest porn is now the most watched pornography in the United States, which I'm sure, you know, it's weird. I feel, I feel like you and I are so often like, you know, on the, on the cusp of like weird sexy stuff or are you looking up when it came out? Yeah, 2006. So in 2009 2000, reprint. So this came out originally in 2006. <laughs> yeah. Our edition is 2009. So he's ahead of the curve. But but that maybe he's not maybe that's not too far off though. Maybe this is like an ahead of the curve thing. Maybe he there's something in like the subconscious human mind that is attracted to taboo. It's why mm-hmm. BDSM exists. But that something about like okay there's a couple of them we've talked about it on the show at length we don't need to go into it but like cannibalism necrophilia incest there are some those are the heavy hitter taboos mm-hmm. right yeah like with bdsm there's you can do like there's weird like race play stuff there's edge play stuff with like knives there's there's a there's a um like asphyxia porn like that's that's all like definite edge play but there's still the three that people avoid because they're pretty extreme cannibalism necrophilia incest but i would have and i would have said that right across the line like you know like what are the three things that like people just don't do except for like the crazy i'm like well those are the three but i'm wrong because think about that i just said that incest is one of the like inviolate taboos and it's the most popular porn in the country like there's something in the human subconscious or maybe it's just the subconscious of our country that is that 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 is fascinating that is fascinating people to the point where it's eclipsing everything else why what i we're not going to solve it on a on a one and a half hour podcast or whatever but <clears throat> I think that's really telling that 
Alan Moore did not necessarily do anything so extreme here. Think about that. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is this is meant to be his look at erotica, Victorian erotica. I think knowing what I know now, a com- it would not be a complete text without some sort of incestuous content. I suppose not. Which is, is it, is it, I don't know, is it troubling? Does that trouble you? The like. Humans are weird and fucked up. <laughs> humans are weird, but do we, I mean, and we're not the, the policy makers, but do you, what do you, what's your take on that? Is it like, well, laissez-faire, like, you know, as <coughs> it's, and obviously the videos that people are watching are paid actors. There, I think there's a. Not actually related. Right. There are like laws where you have to say stepdaughter a certain number of times in the film. To establish Really? Um, God, I can't believe I'm saying this on a podcast, but go and watch some incest porn. I, I did, just because I was because I was curious after watching yeah. this. I watched two videos and yeah, they're as weird as you think they are. You're in face right now? Yeah, that's what those videos are. But it the thing that I was watching for, having read those articles, mm-hmm. is they have to is firmly establish in the film. They, at, they are not biologically. Biolo- related. Well, since they obviously aren't because they are um since they're actors who aren't related to each other right they have to establish that the fantasy in the fantasy they right. are also not related right so in exactly. the fictional world of the porn they have to they can't even be related there because the taboo is so strong but there's a lot of stepdaughters you know stepfather or whatever that there's a lot of that but but you know you could just turn the sound off like i do with porn <laughs> yeah and which, then you wouldn't hear that at all in which case it's just two people doing each other but um I don't know. I was. I'm. I'm all for like because we're, this is very. This is about to come into. Play. You're all for incest porn. No, I'm all for. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, I guess in a. I get. I won't say that. I can't say that. But it, I'm. I'm all for like sexual permissiveness. You know, like if. Yeah. Look, if it gets you off, if it's a weird thing, like if you're. If you're. Thing, as long as you don't actually fuck your kids. Yes, as long as you're not. Oh, as long as there's no God. victim. You know what I'm saying? As long as there's no victim. As long as you're not hurting anyone. As long as you're not committing a crime or coercing anyone or coercing anyone. Right. Like, because mm. I get I, part of the incest thing would be and they also you'll notice another thing. If you watch, they always establish that the stepdaughter just turned 18. That's so funny. Well, you, because if you think about the. the <laughs> oh, my God. If you think about the actual. Funny. Right. <laughs> they're just they're dancing that legal dance, man. But if you think about it, like incest is often wrapped in with pedophilia which is part of what makes especially what we watched what we saw last week is those are all minors you know that that's part of what made that so hard to talk about Mm -hmm. so i guess what what i say where i have come what i have come to in my like my regrettable come to god yeah (laughs) you're welcome god roast mode (laughs) (laughs) burn meister bird over there Mm. um Oh, hold on. I'm sorry. I, there's an ambulance coming. I think it's the burn unit. But um, oh. I'm going to keep going if you keep roasting me. But um, what I came to, what the conclusion that I arrived at, there fuck you. you go. <laughs> the conclusion that I arrived at as, you know, vis-a-vis my personal feelings on this sort of thing is if you're at home and you're with a consenting partner who's an adult, there's no crime being committed, there are no victims, no one's getting hurt, do whatever you want. Like, if this is your bag, if this gets you off, I think it's weird, but, you know, no judgment. Are you saying that actual siblings should just fuck each other? No, because that's a crime. 
It is? Yeah, incest is a crime. A girl just got arrested for it in somewhere, I can't remember where. We do stuff that's a crime. Uh, technically, yeah, but that's like a bad crime. Okay, this, okay, did you, there was a news report that came out shortly after we did that episode too, where I, I just started seeing incest everywhere, but there was a news report, it showed up on my phone in the featured when you swipe uh, right, is that right? Yeah. When you swipe right and your news feed shows up, yeah. the top one, like two days after we did that episode was there was a, a McDonald's employee somewhere who had had sex with her brother, got pregnant, and was pregnant with a baby. Ew. And when they did the ultrasound, oh. it was like the baby was loaded with birth defects, which are eight heads. Which are the specific birth defects are like very heavily indicative of incest. So the doctor had to inform the police. They came and arrested her, and they they at the time that I read that like five months, like a month or whatever ago, they were trying to track down the guy who had done it, or her brother, who was her lover. Yeah, so it's a crime, dude. It's it's a fucking crime. Oh, please tell me they aborted that child. But, I mean, I don't know. I didn't read any more of the story. It, there's a it's point, an abomination. There's a point where you can, I mean, you research the podcast and it's fun to have fun things to talk about. But man, you can only go so far down the incest hole before it starts getting. That's a horrible. Yeah. Sentence. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Moving on. I'm glad we can laugh about it. Yeah, let's, nine. let's move on to pedophilia. <laughs> This is pedophilia, man. Chapter 9 is super troubling. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, so chapter 9 is called Looking Glass House. Um, all right. Hey, that's totally an answer on... What? Wheel Jeopardy? of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune? Looking Glass House? Yeah, you know, like when they do those things where oh. it's two common phrases put together. Looking Glass, Glass House. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, you've, you've watched more I'm Wheel of lady. Fortune than I, I have. Oh. Um... So I have read, we've been talking about, it It comes up so often, the Alice in Wonderland thing. What? It comes up so often. Now you're reaching around. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so we've been talking oh so much God. about Alice lately. That seems to be the through line. She seems to be Lady Fairchild, or, or as we find out at the end of chapter 10, definitively Alice from the Alice in Wonderland stories. Mm-hmm. Um, since that's been such a through line through these comics, I went and read Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Oh, you know, I actually, um... I'd never read it before, and I got a lot of notes from having read that book and then reading these chapters. I picked up... I picked up, like, a bajillion more things. Um, page one, so if you've got your copies out, so we're doing page one, panel three. By, By the way, what did you think of this? I have a specific note. Um, I said oval-shaped illustrations question mark. Um, And I noticed that Dorothy's story was also three panels, Mm. top to bottom. And actually, stretching that a little bit, the main part of the story in um, In Wendy's is also three panels. Three vertical panels. There is a a header, but I see what you're saying, yeah. So... um, some continuity there. Um, I like the consistency of the highly structured panel layouts. Mm-hmm. The last time we saw this, I actually went and looked it up, um, was back in chapter six where Lady Fairchild was reading the erotica by the lake. Where we get what? The three panel structure? Yes. The three or the oval panel. Oh, I see. Interesting. Okay. So in that erotica, we have the oval panels. I was just trying to figure out like, is it? 
supposed to be like classic book illustration. I had a theory. Um, because I looked at the actual Alice in Wonderland book right. to see if the illustrations were done like this and they weren't. My copy? Yes. Yeah. Um, they weren't. They were actually mostly square or rectangular, actually. What? I have a, I have a few theories. First theory, my first theory was mirror. Because through the like looking glass. Hand, like a hand mirror. Glass, because yeah. you'll notice in all three of these first panels, there's a reflection, a reflection, a reflection. Next yeah. panel, reflection, reflection, reflection. It's all told in, yeah. So in every pan... Actually, let's do it really quick. Yeah. In every single panel of this issue... There is, there a, is a mirroring ref- or a reflection. Yeah. Yeah. There is a mirroring or a reflection in every single panel. And a lot of the language... Including the last as three. As well. I just noticed that. Oh. Did you note that there's a I reflection? I have a literal note about it, yeah. I That there's a reflection. There's a reflection in every panel. I did not mm-hmm. pick up on that until just mm-hmm. now. That's incredible. So that, that would be my guess. My second guess. Now, that is my guess now because I just figured mm-hmm. out that there's a reflection in every panel. So the panels are mirrors, I think. Or, you know, like it's supposed to be a mirror. But my second guess was the rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. Because if you take a circle and look at it... Um, from a distance at per, you know in perspective if you on the ground. change the angle yeah if you it, change yeah. the angle of it it creates that sort of thing and we go down the rabbit hole but i'm gonna say mirror would be my guess um what do you think it didn't bother me like you said the f- i think either reading could be correct because also as you progress mm-hmm. through the panels it's like you're going from the top of a hole down a down. tunnel Wow. Because the tunnel is just nothing but a series of circles. Right. And as you go into her story, you're sort of going and going down the rabbit hole or whatever. I mm-hmm. like that. I like that. So, and also when you, when Alice falls down. I'm going to grab a pen real quick. Sure. Okay. I can talk for a little bit. While I'm the. Sure you can. I can talk for six hours. Come back when you've uh, bought a gold plated pen or something. But when Alice falls down the rabbit hole in the book. She falls for a long, long time. She falls for she falls for so long that she gets bored and wonders if she's ever going to stop falling because that's Lewis Carroll wrote basically an absurdist novel when mm-hmm. he wrote Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. So she continues to fall and continues to fall and starts like looking around her as she goes and like mm-hmm. lays back in the air. And I think that that you know like that's what we can if you want to see these as like tunnels or like stages of falling. Go ahead. Um, I just have another note about the whole reflections thing. Mm-hmm. The telling of this story is itself a reflection. You know, like when you look back, it's oh. called reflecting. Oh my God, it's word. Da, da. It is a wordplay of it. She's reflecting on her past. Jesus, that is brilliant, Bird. Damn, good notice. Um, so curious. Okay, so page one, panel three. When she says, uh, she says, oh, very well, uh, oh, very well, although I must say I've never enjoyed stirring up the past. One's memory is such a curious place. If there is one word that Alice says again and again and again and again in Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, mm-hmm. it's curious. For example, we've already seen him exactly quote the book with curiouser and curiouser. Mm-hmm. But actually, I'm going to grab a pen as well. So you oh vamp for a little. No, actually, can I just borrow yours? Sure, yeah. So if you. Um, if you flip to the page two, page two, panel one, 
when uh, the text right below this, where they're basically what we're seeing is Alice is sitting by the edge of the stream and her sister's reading a boring ass book, right? Yeah. This is how Alice's Adventures in Wonderland begins. This is the beginning of that book. Um, so I think we're to take the rest of this as allegorical, uh, as a as basically the the factual thing that happened that inspired the events of Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. And he even quotes directly from the book. He said, um, in that big house, we'd go and sit behind the stream where she, Alice's sister, would try her best to read improving books, dull things with neither pictures nor conversations. Neither pictures nor conversations is a direct lift from Alice in Wonderland or Alice's adventures in Wonderland. Um, I wrote down, I couldn't figure out Gabby's art here. I I love it. I love Mm. it. But there's something very strange going on. Page two, panel two, right? Her art, her depiction of Alice here and her art style to me seems like part the Disney representation of Alice, but also seems faithful to you you said you looked at the Alice drawings from I did, Alice's yeah. Murders in Wonderland. Did you notice how big Alice's head is? Yeah, it's like unnaturally large. Her head is unnaturally large. So I was wondering if that's a... Because I only have one edition of mm-hmm. Alice's Adventures mm-hmm. of, of the complete works of Lewis Carroll. <clears throat> I was wondering if that's a trope in depictions of Alice where her head is like slightly too big. That's part of the plot of Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. She looks fine to me. Well, yeah, I was... So I I don't know I thought her head was a little bit big there I was well just, it's only big because it's closest to the water I was just trying to d- figure out what her what she's going for because we've seen her do like uh, she does like a like collage and we'll see in chapter mm-hmm. ten she does like a really surrealist style impressionist collage she's done Art Nouveau mm-hmm. I'm wondering what she's aiming for here because I have a ahead. note about the art um, so pages two and three are dull and mostly reds and browns. Yeah. So she talks originally about, um, like at the beginning of this, about how hot it is. And it's just like this super hot summer day. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of what she's trying to get across here is just a a dull, hot day. Right. And then in the next pages, after she gets drunk, everything is super saturated. Yeah. And this is where we are in like Wonderland. It's just this crazy, weird, yeah, unusual, which is, which is yeah. strange. But yeah, we because we see he is obviously the rabbit. Mm-hmm. His behavior, obviously, yeah. they even call him Bunny. Right. His nickname is Bunny. The the basically we here's the gist of the plot. One of Alice's father's friends swings by, picks Alice up, and is like, "Hey, let's go back to your place." Your, your dad said I can drink as much wine as I want while I'm here and your parents aren't home. And he's like, here, have a glass of wine with me. And he gets Alice drunk like her glass never empties. Mm-hmm. Magic. Magic right. of Wonderland. Right. So he gets he gets Alice drunk and she then molests her, mm-hmm. basically. Yep. So the story, that is the, that is the basic plot of this episode, which is a, one of Alice's dad's creepy old friends gets her drunk and molests her and her escape from the trauma of being molested is her sexual awakening and it's weird because 
we can get into it in a little bit, but I, I wanted to see if you agreed with my reading of it, which is she seems to own it in a way. She longs to return to that place. It's not longing to return to him mm-hmm. or longing to return to <clears throat> being molested by, you know, an old man who, because since she's a minor, you know, he's basically a pedophile. You know, she he is a pedophile. He, it, well, yeah. That, yeah, that's what I did. My sentence just got a little garbled, but he is a pedophile. She doesn't want to go back to her pedophiliac abuser, but she wants to recapture that feeling in that moment. Maybe it's um, sort of about how when you are a teenager, because how old is she supposed to be here? Like 12 or 13? Yeah, she's pretty young. I didn't catch. I think she's I want to say 13, 13. Well, I mean, she's got breasts, so she's at least that age. Yeah. Um, Maybe this is kind of how. When you are a teenager like this, everything is so intense. Right. We were actually talking about this the other day. Everything is heightened when mm. you're a teen. Your talking emotions are really high. Everything is like life or death. Um, everything is just much more vivid. And maybe that is what this is. She's an adult now. She's grown up and everything is like dull, boring adult life. And right. everything is just... Easy sailing, you know, even keel. I didn't mean her as an adult. I meant her literally in this issue. She, on page, well, and again, we'll go back and go through this slow and and dig in like we've been doing, but on page uh, page seven of chapter nine, panel three, actually this whole page, when we see her, she basically transmutes the scenario so that she is pleasuring herself. That's how she imagines it. Mm-hmm. Not not like masturbating, but literally a double of herself. Like her reflection is what's pleasuring her. There's a moment where she goes through the mirror mm-hmm. and has a sexual encounter with herself. She's probably, you know, like li- literally probably deliriously drunk and her brain is building constructs right. to protect her from what's happening. But her sexual awakening is she's... 69ing with herself in a pool she is her own sexual partner and then the first thing we see when she comes out of her maybe drugged but because i mean the way that she goes completely under is kind of weird but um she's like she she wakes up on the couch basically Mm -hmm. and she the first thing she does is go back over to the mirror and try to get to that second self again and mm-hmm. go back to that m- magical place. There's nothing to do with with Bunny, the creepy old pedophile. It has everything to do with that sexual experience she had and the longing. The next thing, the third panel, is her laying on a highly polished floor so that she can lay body to body with her own reflection rather than just touch it in the mirror so she can be... In- is that why she did it or is it because she's still drunk or fucked up it could be that uh, it could be the the fucked up thing but then like, the way i see it is she walks up to the mirror on the wall and tries to touch but mm-hmm. the, as close as she can get because there's the the um the fireplace as close as she can get is to touch her hands and it's not close enough she wants this she wants mm-hmm. page six she wants that intertangled you know, tangled, tangled up with herself, tangled up in that moment of passion and, and pleasure. But this, as close as she can get, is there. So we see her on a highly polished floor, skin to skin. Well, not, it's her reflection, but it's as close as she can get to laying with herself again. 
I thought that was that's what that was my hmm. reading. I wanted to see what your take on that was. Um, I really it's weird. I it's a piece of art, so we can talk about it however we want to talk about it. It has no objective reality. We got to keep reminding ourselves and our listeners that. But I loved this issue. I really liked this issue because I feel like Alice. However, however strange or delusional. It's not the sad, sort of painful story that the other ones are. Peter Pan. In some way. Uh, when, uh, no, um, Dorothy's story was very fun. Oh, right, yeah. The, the tornado story was, I got a major kick out of that. I was like, you know, get, getting something about getting off to a tornado was just, <laughs> <laughs> I dug it. Um, yeah, Wendy's story is very sad, very yeah. dark, though. That is a very dark fucking story. You can see that, and the worst part is, having seen that character now, like seeing her and her husband, the type of man she married, what her life is like, you can see how much damage her story did to her. Mm-hmm. Lady Fairchild's kind of like a, a, a the term that comes immediately to mind is like a sassy, salty old bitch, but she's having a good time yeah. about it, you know? Yeah, right. So like she's she's reading her erotica and she's smoking her opium and she's betting younger salty women. bitch in a good way. This yeah yeah I meant it as a compliment. Like, I know she didn't this this didn't wreck her. Mm-hmm. The way that Wendy's sexual awakening wrecked her. Mm-hmm. And what I like about it is she was the agent of her own reclamation of agency. She became her own. She let her mind let her become her own sexual partner. And while it created a longing in her that she's tried to fill with potentially destructive things yeah. throughout the rest of her life, it it kind of also allowed her to survive it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I really liked that about it. But can we go back and do a couple of specific things? Sure. Um, Bunny's face, page two, panel three, is one of the creepiest things I've ever seen. Oh, like his, God, his sweaty his face. His circle glasses and his sweat. And also, I'd like to point his out that... gross eyebrows? His, his sparse, his gross sparse eyebrows. eyebrows are his sparse eyebrows are... But like, right, uh, panels one and two, fairy tale, fairy story drawings, right? Mm-hmm. When we get up close on his face, Melinda Gebby does a hyper realism. She she illustrates his face like and his we see um oh skip ahead page three panel two the door a fairy tale door the reflection an M C Escher ode with a fun storytelling girl, and then you get his weird diseased like gnarled <laughs> hands and hyper but again hyper realism. Yeah, I actually have a note about that panel. Okay. Um, just how great of an artist Melinda Gebby is, where he's reaching for that door handle. The inside of his hand, the palm of his hand, is reflected in the door handle, and it's just, it's a thing of beauty. His, yeah, his... Seeing all the creases inside the hand, her, she did a great job. Her artwork never fails to to impress yeah. me it's she is consistently amazing and just talking about um we're sort of out we, we went through a phase within this book where we were talking about like luxuriant pleasure because it was all like consenting adults having sex with each other and then we got into some troubling we got into the weeds a little bit with some of the the trickier issues but the through line for me is there is a pleasure to melinda gebby's art just simply looking at it just like the content of the panel aside, you're right. Page three, panel two, on its own, is just a stunningly gorgeous drawing. The variation of color, his hand, we have purple, we have this weird, like, kind of lavender purple on the left, right? Mm-hmm. Next to his gray, corpse like, 
diseased looking hand but as you move right into the the reflection which by the way look this looks like an eyeball to me oh yeah um, but when we get to the the reflection in the keyhole, it goes back on Alice's side of mm-hmm. the drawing. His bunny's side of the drawing is like cool, cold, dead. His hand is disgusting. Alice's side is very like fairy tale, keyhole, bright colors. There's purple on both sides, but hers is like a living purple and yeah. his is that nasty like corpse purple. Um, really quick, one more on page three. I wanted to ask you, what is it about upskirts? What is it about upskirts? What is the draw there? I because I don't know. We're both well. We're both aware. We're both aware. It's that is also a, a it's thing. It's a thing. That's its whole category. Yeah. Manga and anime are especially especially like um, they are partially built mm. on the upskirt. Yeah, you know they're they're especially fond of it. And there's a whole category of like pictures and videos online that are dedicated just to the upskirt. And what is it? Is it like a weird hyper subset of voyeurism? Maybe. Like a like a. I understand. I mean, yes. In theory, I understand. Like glimpse of the forbidden. Like you're not meant to be looking. Uh huh. But you looked anyway. You know, like you naughty boy. And you know the weirdest thing is the most glorified upskirts aren't like. And she wasn't wearing any panties, and she had a butt plug. It's not that. <laughs> it's it's the plain. That you see her white panties or not yeah. even and not Cotton even yeah white. it's the it's not like a thong it's not even the white ones it's like when you're wearing like the most normal cotton panties <laughs> that is like that is any any anime or manga that's the the goal that's the mm-hmm. gold upskirt is like <gasps> she's wearing her dumpy panties today like that's that's like what people dumpy panties or whatever it's like you know like the eh. ones with hearts or Got whatever a, got a, you know a couple of years old got to slap on my panties for the the <laughs> or whatever you know but it's it's not it's slap not on. i don't know how panties go on um <laughs> you slap uh, them on like a sticker so yeah i figured yep. it was like a, it's like a one of those wrist slap bracelets yes, but you exactly. just snap it into your crotch and it yep. just <laughs> snaps around you right <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly good well that i always found that particular bit of it interesting which is Oh, she's wearing a thong, and that almost takes the fun out of it, because she's being risque, or like she wants people to look, or wants people to know. And I'm not saying I'm mm-hmm. not saying at all that she does. Right. I'm just saying risque panties, or like crotchless panties, or like an exciting lace pair. No one wears crotchless panties. People in porn do sometimes, but like, but they're not people. R- <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but but risque panties take the thrill out of it which is counterintuitive because it's like oh my god you can see so much more but that's not what they want they i don't w- i don't know all right anyway it's I, like you can see a bit well, but not all of it i wanted you to i don't know i Tease-ish. i was hoping you would i was hoping you would engage and think i about i don't understand you're baffled and bewildered yes so was i so i was hoping we could go down a rabbit hole <sighs> Oh. I was hoping we could we could explore that mostly because I like to do these podcasts. So, what's your opinion on the new thong bathing suit thing? Then, yeah, that's weird. Traverse City is awash with thong bathing suits. To be totally honest, I like them. Of not you do. not because yeah, of course I do. I like I'm big I'm butts ass, and you can lie. Yeah, I'm an ass man. I I walk down the I, I'm walking to work. I look over on the beach and boom, lo and behold, look at that booties everywhere. I like it. I'm into it. It's cool. 
I'm not running over there and grabbing them or taking, you know, like pictures or anything. Please. But yes, please continue to not do that. Yeah, I will. I promise. Thank Scouts you. Honor, I will continue to not do that. I'll stay on my side of the street and try to avoid eye contact as much as possible. But surreptitious glances of, th- of, thong, of thong bathing suits or thong bikinis? Thong butts. Thong butts. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I'm into it. I like it. I mean, obviously, if they didn't want you to be looking at it, they wouldn't wear a thong bathing suit. I don't know. That... I feel like uh, I feel like that is something that people get 1700 Twitter replies for and get their accounts banned for saying, which is stupid because I agree with you 100%, which is like if you're if, if I don't I, want people looking at my ass cheeks, so I'm not going to wear a thong bathing if suit. If I walked out of the house wearing the bathing suit from um, Borat. Borat, it would be because I wanted people to see my ass cheeks and ogle my dick. If Please people don't ever do that, I would never because I'm shy as shit. You're lucky I don't wear sweatpants to the beach. But like honestly, if I was if I was at the beach and I was wearing like a mankini, you know, where my bulge is very obvious and like my ass cheeks are it's the half only out, reason to wear that stuff is it, to yeah have people look. It at you. seems absurd to me to be like, whoa, 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 buddy, are you, were you just looking at my dick? And he's like, well, yeah, because you're wearing a neon, you're wearing a neon orange drawstring bag around your penis spandex. I can visibly see that you're circumcised. So, yeah, I assumed that you wanted me to know that. Was I wrong? And I'm like, yeah, man, Jesus, I want you staring at me. That doesn't make any sense to me. We're on the same page. You're staring at me all weird. Mm. (laughs) I'm getting mad about stuff. (laughs) Oh, no, we have to avoid the rage. Um. So, uh, da, da, da. I don't know what page it is. I think it's in page, it was either page three or page four, but t- she references at one point that time behaves strangely. Like time starts getting weird. It might be the last panel of page three, but um, time, it, it kind of spooks her like that time is not behaving properly. It comes in flashes and she's only aware. Am I totally wrong? Is it, maybe it's this one. Quiet of my age, like as a demonstration. Gaged, I gazed clock. towards the clock. It's ticking huge and leaden, filled the room. And then time starts getting weird as the issue progresses. And I wrote down, there is a preoccupation with time in the novel Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Um, you remember the famous tea party scene? Where everyone, yes. the Mad Hatter and the, uh, what's it called? The, the, the May hair, the March hair. The March Hare has also gone crazy, so it's the two crazy people sitting and having tea with the, there's a, a dormouse that's falling asleep, and it keeps falling asleep, and then they ask it to tell them stories, so it just starts telling them, like, nonsense stories until it falls asleep. It's The scene is really funny, but the reason that that tea party's happening in the book is because where the Hatter lives is always tea time. Because the Mad Hatter got in a fight with Time, capital T, the personification of, mm-hmm. and Time won't do him any favors now. So he stopped. He doesn't visit anymore. Used to be the Mad Hatter could just make it whatever o'clock he wanted and, you know, hey, can you just skip through this boring bit and get to the next time? But he insulted or offended Time in an argument, which is never fleshed out, and Time left. So they're stuck at tea time. So they perpetually have tea time all the time because time never passes because he offended time. So time. But is how late. do you make tea if you don't have time? Well, that's that's another weird how part do you about make food if you don't have time. That's another weird part about that scene, which is every place at a giant table is set. And when their shit gets so filthy and dirty that they can't use it anymore, they just move one place to the left to get to clean stuff. 
So they and they, so who comes and cleans up the giant table? Don't know. It's a nonsense story. There's it doesn't necessarily make sense, but in one of the big themes of the book, you can't do anything if you don't have time. You can't breathe. You can't. Yes, I understand all of these things, but also a girl can't uh, a girl can't grow big enough to fill a house and then shrink small enough to fit through a door that's twelve inches tall. She can't eat mushrooms and have her head get all giant. I mean, she totally can eat mushrooms and then all sorts of stuff fucking happens. balls off. Yeah, right. But it's the whole point of Alice's Adventures in Wonderland is it's a nonsense story, okay. so nothing makes sense. But I thought that that was interesting that she, we reference time in here a couple times, and then time behaves strangely. And a big theme of that book is. Time. Time time is a fun time, time. Well, we just watched two time travel movies and you're probably sick of time being all weird, but uh So page four. Bu- 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 so bu- what do you think is with the lace? This is I think the first time that Melinda Gebby has done um mixed like, media. I think you're right too. The late are you talking about page five, panel two? Oh, here, she does it there here, too. Here? Yeah, she's incorporating lace into her actual drawings on these two pages. Yeah. That is very interesting. Hey, kicking me under the table. I didn't mean to kick you. Jerk. Um, yeah, I, I really like it. It's kind of like a it's a fun artistic touch. We see Dave McKean do it all the time, obviously. I'm a huge Dave McKean fan. I'm not saying she's like doing a Dave McKean thing, but it is something I admire mm-hmm. in work, which is mixed media or collage style stuff or incorporating physical objects into illustrations to add texture mm-hmm. and create a weird sense of. She actually awfulness. does the collage thing in the next chapter as well. She does, and it works to great effect. I know you weren't a huge fan of the next chapter, but um, I loved it. Anyway, uh, I wanted to point out page four, panel one. The first thing that the March Hare, the, the crazy rabbit from mm-hmm. Alice's Adventures in Wonderland does when they arrive at the tea party is offer Alice wine. Oh. The first thing. Does she drink it? There isn't any. He get, She gets to the table and he goes, uh, or and, and she sits down at the head chair and the rabbit goes, oh, please enjoy some wine. And she goes, well, there isn't any wine, so you shouldn't have offered it. And he's like, well, that isn't your chair, so you shouldn't have sat in it. And they give, they give each other shit because Alice is a totally rude... She's a brat. She's a bratty, rude dickhead in that whole book. She's terrible. But the first thing the rabbit does is offer her wine. Interesting. Um, da, 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 da. And then I wrote down... It's I think it's that same... That same panel, there's a beautiful, beautiful bit of Alan Moore writing. I like to highlight his writing where I can because it's such a visual comic. Mm-hmm. But um, this is Charles Darwin. So th- it is Charles Darwin. So this is uh, our bookmark is Charles Darwin. Page four, panel one. Um, he told me that he had on numerous occasions been assured that he was quite at liberty to help himself to wine while under father's roof. He then went on to add that, etc. No, who is it? I don't Charles know. Charles E. Lorraine. Wow, this is. I'm sorry. Riveting. Um, so mean. Line, so mean. Well, it's just like 30 seconds of like, who's this old man bookmark? <laughs> um, the, his, his little face is just popping out of the book okay, at me. Fine, moving on. The line, the line I really liked is on my tongue. The wine was sharp and strange, like unfamiliar poetry. I really liked that, especially because one of the plot points of Alice's Adventures in Wonderland is people repeatedly have her try to recite poems she knows, and she recites them wrong over and over and over and over again. It's a hmm. way that they test. She Her whole thing is, 
I don't believe I'm me. I think I woke up and I am somebody else now. Oopsie daisy. Because Alice can't grow and shrink. You know, Alice knows. She, she early on, she's like, oh my God, am I still Alice? So she tries to recite her, her lessons, basically. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, something I learned in a book, I will say it. So she recites like a, a bunch of poems. They have her memorize like a bunch of children's poems. And she recites them and they come out weird and dark and bent and wrong. She gets the first line right and everything else is wrong. And she's like, oh, well, Alice knew that, so I must not be Alice anymore. She hmm. tries to do math. All her math comes out wrong. Her histories come out wrong. So the stuff that she knows comes out all weird and bent, even though she doesn't mean to say it that way. That's a recurring theme where people will say, well, recite, and then they'll name a, the title of a poem that doesn't really exist, but we can assume is like a children's poem in the book. Like, we'll recite the old man whose wife was a teapot. And she goes, well, there was an old man whose wife was a teapot, and he had a knife, and he cut her guts open. Like, it comes out, <laughs> it's not that <laughs> Lewis Carroll wow. was a dark motherfucker. It doesn't come out that crazy but it comes out really strange and weird and kind of with a dark tilt Mm -hmm. so one of the recurring themes is poems she thinks she knows coming strange from her mouth Hmm. i think that this line is a reference to it i think this whole chapter is like loaded with alice in wonderland easter eggs um page four panel three before we go any further um uh, the highlights danced like sparks in iodine is one of the most beautiful things. I've, the the image that comes to mind is gorgeous when she's talking about like the, the experience of getting mm-hmm. drunk. But yeah. sparks in iodine. I'm just like, what does that even look where, like? Where? Why is that in Alan Moore's head? It's moments like that where I just like freeze and look at it, and I'm just like, you're you're such a who who are such you? Such a genius. Who are you? Um. Yeah, I wrote, I have, da, 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 da. there's page five, panel two. Um, the birds moved faster, caught up in a race with rules beyond my comprehension. Purposeful and frantic, right? And she's talking about basically an, or, an orgasm building mm-hmm. in her body. Yeah. Again, that, that image of birds being trapped inside your body, which is kind of disturbing the more that I encounter it in this book. That idea of like birds in your stomach is living birds it's kind of weird it's like it feels strange yeah but i loved the rules reference because again we she you you, i'm sure you remember like this is one of the things everyone talks about is when alice first gets to wonderland she looks around for a book of rules because she doesn't understand the rules of wonderland because there aren't any it just does whatever it wants and she tries to think back on all the lessons that she read in sensible books where like mm-hmm. don't grab a hot iron or burn your hand. So she wants she continually is asking people like what are the rules of Wonderland and everyone gives her different answers or no mm-hmm. answers at all and she's always trying to f- figure out the rules. That's that's basically the plot of the book is her trying to figure out how to operate in this strange new world mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. things don't make sense anymore. A lot of people point to Lewis Carroll's book as like a, a metaphor for puberty. Mm-hmm. You know, your body's going crazy, your head's going crazy, and you don't understand the rules anymore. The The world that you know has completely changed and yeah. no one told you. And like, it's like, yeah, it's like you woke up and suddenly like everything's different and you just have to figure it out. Boom, puberty. That fat, That is what she's going through here, that sexual awakening where this is all new territory. Mm-hmm. And I, it's... It's just—it's weird. It's disturbing, but it makes sense to me. Which is the birds in her body 
her sexuality, those birds understand the rules. But she doesn't. Her head is not caught up with her body. Mm -hmm. It's one of those out of phase (laughs) mushroom cake, you know, magic potion moments where her in this moment, her body knows the rules of sex, but her brain, her brain's not there. So she's all a flutter. Mm -hmm. There's also a line in here that made me think of Wallander. (laughs) What? (laughs) Um, It's page five, panel two. But uh, it's it's. Alan Moore is not referencing Wallander because that show came later, but hair, when she's describing her own reflection coming at her, hair like wild rape. I thought that was interesting. Because it's a... It, well, go, go. Why did you think it was interesting? Because he could have chosen any other word to any describe flower. it, but... Rape. That's what's happening right there. That's a supercharged yeah. word. But also, look at Melinda Gebby's art there. That is apt. Do you remember uh, Wallander, season one, episode one? That woman who burns herself alive in the first episode. Oh, is is that a a field of rape? She's in a field of rape. And it's... Oh, it's like sunshine yellow, like blinding yellow. It's exactly how Alice's hair looks Mm -hmm. in that panel. So it's so apt. Like, look at that. It's, it's so such an apt description. It's not wrong. And back th- that, that's a perfectly legitimate way to describe something. But in this moment, it becomes so supercharged. Mm-hmm. I loved that. It, I thought it was such a nice little detail there. I thought it was really, really touch. beautiful. A little touch. A sous So I have a note about page seven, panel one. Mm-hmm. Alan Moore is really about pussy fingers. <laughs> that is all I'm going to say about that. You can't just say pussy finger. You can't say Alan Moore really is. I can. P- what is it? Page. Would you say page four, panel one? Page seven, panel one. Page seven, panel one. Where is the pussy finger part? I. I. By the way, let's be clear. I don't disagree with you. He really loves people smelling their fingers. Um. Bum bum bum. Oh, my scent evaporating on her fingertips. There it is. Wow, that's really pretty writing, though. In the mirror sat my lover. Watching me with heavy eyes between the strands of fallen blonde, my scent evaporating on her fingertips. See, I like that though. Like I, page five, hey, I panel just realized, three. Is this um, what's her name? Lita and the Swan. Lita and the Swan. Yeah, Zeus. And also rape. Yeah. Oh my God, Alan rape Moore. Rape mirror. Alan Moore is really smart because yeah, that is that was God. Yeah, that's God raping a mortal woman. She got pregnant and had a kid off of that too. Uh, Half Swan child. No, it's like another goddess is born from her or something. This, ooh, page five, panel three. Why did I fall in love with this so much? Um, super cute, blonde, blue-eyed girl with good tits. Uh, I don't think that's what it was. I, I Looking wrote, up at, at you with DSLs? Jesus. Christ, Bird. No more drinking for you. Oh, Your yeah. tea. You could be done with that tea. Mm. That that wild mint is just turning you into a savage. But no, there's something about the art. I think it was the color that drew me. The how the sort of the blue around her breast is that deeper, darker night sky blue. Well, blue, green, and yellow are all analogous on the color wheel. So they're all right next to each other, so they look really nice together. Man, that's so weird that the color wheel can predict what, what Also red aka pink mm. is a complementary color to green which you are sort of in like a blue green so what you're telling there. me is melinda gabby's just tricking my brain with her art yep. school wizardry yep huh well also it's super highly saturated and your eyeballs like that so did you find page six i wrote down 
the strangest spread yet. But because it's like kind of off center and they're off center inside that square. There's a square with an with a with a cant yeah. oh, there's a rectangle with a canted rectangle. It's got a, a Dutch tilt. Yeah, there's a Dutch tilt going on and the characters themselves are canted away from that too. Right, so, they're like not in the center of this weird pool thing. They're all like off to one side. Off to one side. I wrote down I I I love this image enormously mostly the color of the water i wrote down a melancholy of color mournful child eyes yeah neither of them looks happy about what's going on exactly but i think that that fits because like i my theory like i that one that i mentioned earlier my theory is that this is like this is alice's survival mechanism in a way you know like uh, how she's she's creating herself as the other lover so that she doesn't have to deal with what's happening to her and so that she can reclaim her. What are you looking at? I was just looking at how she did the background and how she colored this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure these background little splotches are um, marker. This whole page might be marker, actually. She works. She we've seen her work in a lot of different mediums. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it is. You I think, think it's it all marker. Yeah. Okay. Um, what do you think of this image? The the mourn when you look at it first, it's the cool colors. It looks sad. It's sad but very sensual. Like this, I think this illustration, the way that they're like wound into each other, is really really sexual and sexy. But then you see their eyes, and, and they look kind of soulless and empty. They look yeah, they look less soulless to me as like like confused sort of lost Mm, yeah that seems appropriate i don't know i i really dug that um this i don't know why and i wanted to get your opinion on this because again this book is erotica page seven panel one the faceless reflection of alice because they're in the reflection she has no face Melinda, Melinda Gebby can put a face on that. We've seen her do this before, like small pe- small bits of art where people have faces. I think this I is mean, a choice. I mean, she could, but I think with the level of detail and everything else that she's doing in that mirror, I right. don't think it's really necessary. Okay. And I wanted to get your opinion on this because for whatever reason, I mean, I can I can name the the obvious reason, but for whatever reason, that image is erotic to me. I find that image. Oh, really? I think it's kind of freaky. Kind of spooky. The the yeah. faceless Alice. <laughs> spooky ooky, yeah. I just have a Slenderman thing. Oh, it's if please slen- don't stab me like seventeen times. I'm gonna and leave be, me in the woods. I'm gonna be Slender's proxy, and I'm gonna live in his mansion. Ooh. I don't I don't know what it is, but this the something about the vivid pink. That pink is so fucking pink. It's like the pinkest pink. It is. It is the, <laughs> the pinkest, pinkest pink. pink. Jesus. But, hey. um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is about that. that Wait, if it's so knowledge. fucking hot, why is there a fire in the fireplace? I don't know. Good question. Why? Maybe he. Li- oh, it's well. It's nighttime. Maybe he lit it before he left. Um, page seven, panel two. Do, do, do. I no longer felt like myself. The house no longer felt like mine. Remember what I said earlier about how part of the plot of mm-hmm. Alice in Wonderland is that she feels like she woke up and was suddenly someone different mm-hmm. and is trying to figure out who she is Ta-da. now? Boom. There's your other reference. Um, 
And I think that's true to reality, too, at the same time, about how when you have sex for the first time, something about you feels a little bit different, Hmm. not in a really perceptible way that you can actually put a name to it or explain how you're different or why you're different, Uh what feels different, but something's just shifted slightly. Something is definitely Even if you're not a person who's like, sex is for the Lord or whatever, you know, like even if you're like totally cool about sex, something just feels a little bit different about you. Definitely. Something, yeah, something is, something changes Mm -hmm. in that moment. And it's, yeah. You level up. You level up, right. And you get your, that's when you get your superpowers. Um, page eight, panel two. Because we already talked about these a little bit. Do you remember Shoot. in page two, panel three, where Alice is reflected in Bunny's eyes? Mm-hmm. In this panel, Dorothy and Wendy are reflected in Alice's. I didn't know what to make of that. Um... I don't think I didn't take as much of that. I didn't take note of that as much Mm -hmm. as I did that. It looks like she's getting tears in the corners of her eyes. Yeah. And what did you think of the sketchiness of the last panel? Because the rest of the, the rest of this issue is fairly like, I mean, I would say well-drawn as like everything is very, um, fleshed out, hashed out. Um, There's no sketchiness, but that last panel is pretty sparse. Oh, weird. It yeah. feels like almost rushed. Like rushed. Let's yeah, get her, maybe. Let's get this one done or something. Um, I don't know the publication history of this, other than the fact that the book got banned a bunch. Do you have any any theories? Rush feels like it could be right. I mean, there's not even a background in here. Mm-mm. It's just white. But and it that's could, very unusual for her. Yeah. Um. It could also be sort of like a. Um, like drifting away or like moving into mist or like that thing that they do sometimes when they cut in films where they find something that's really bright and they just wash out the whole. Gotcha. Yeah. They blow out the light source yeah, until the whole thing is white. I didn't know but either. I, know. I think rushed makes the most sense to me. I, I just, so I noted it because so far Melinda Gebby has been so flawless, so nuanced and mm-hmm. like she, she manages so such a wide range that I was wondering if this was if this was maybe a reference to something mm. that you were able to spot. But I do I agree. I think it I think this is just a case of like gotta hit that deadline. I maybe. don't really have the time. All right, chapter ten. She spent way too much time in those eyes. <laughs> okay. Chapter ten is called Stravinsky. Mm. Igor Stravinsky is a Russian composer. That is all I know about him. Moving on. <laughs> he does ballets. I guess so. I, did, I literally did zero research other than to find out like what his thing was. And I, all I found out is that he's a Russian composer. I did the most cursory possible research. And that's the high level of podcasting you can expect from this show. All right. So you didn't like this no. issue. What is it you didn't no. like about it? What is it you didn't like? I don't have a problem with like the inclusion of um, mixed media elements. I don't have a problem with that. Um, I just... I just hated the art and the storytelling in this. I hate. I hated this issue. I just hated it. Top and bottom panels because they yeah. are two distinct art styles. Yeah. No, I hated everything about this. Interesting. Yeah. So, I and I, I'm not even sure 
that the story that's told in this chapter is even true. The where the 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 three of them have where sex they in the theater. Fuck yes. I and no one reacts. I think it is because everyone kind of does react. They don't though. Well, they're the people are reacting ostensibly to what's happening on stage. They're so swept up by the thing that's happening on stage. Now they're gonna talk about this later in the, the either chapter eleven or chapter twelve. Um, where Alice is going to say to Wendy, like, but after what we shared in the theater, and Wendy's going to go, like, I don't even know if that really happened. But that in itself is a confirmation that it did, because both Alice and Wendy remember it happening. But it felt like a dream. They all say, like, it felt such like a dream, but they all share it. They all have the memory of it. So for me, that if you're into objective reality rather than just, like, going with the, the spirit of the thing, I think that that proves objectively that they did have sex in the theater because they all have the memory of it. And Was it this, like, laying across seats and bumping into their actual lovers? I fucking or was it, like, surreptitious, like, this is, this, groping and... I, I want to figure out why you and I diverge here. I, I get it. I, I, I get why, because this is very different than the rest of the book in its art style. There's what is, what would you call this? The, the art on the top of each page. What is impressionist? Like what, but what is that? What the fuck is that? We're looking at page four, uh, top panel. A hot mess. It's just, it's now I, I see. Hate it. Okay, okay. You hate it. I get it. I get it. Can, will you be able to go through the issue with me if I talk yes. about the things that I like? Because okay, let's start then at page one. At page one, I think we can both agree this is gorgeous, right? The only thing that I didn't like about this page is the upper right-hand corner there. I couldn't figure out what the fuck that thing was. I thought it was a photo of like ah. Uh, a wheel or something or like a, a piece of metal that had been painted and then I realized that it was her ink. Oh, okay. But I didn't understand that for a long time. I had to like really look at it. Gotcha. It just, it drew a lot of attention to itself. Okay. Um, I loved the intricacy of the map. I love Oh, the, I think this is an actual I think it map. is too, but I like the intricacy of it amidst, amidst the more, um, the erotica. Mm-hmm. Because the erotica is very vague and then contrasted with that like technical aspect of the map. I loved that. I also loved that Alice throws shade at Dorothy's feet. <laughs> Do you remember? Yeah. She basically is saying like, I can't remember his name. The, Rolf, Rolf or something. She's like, Rolf spent the whole trip just like glancing at... Um, at Dorothy's feet which mm-hmm. are like rustic and plain uh, <laughs> clear like by far her worst feature just like dissing on Dorothy's mm-hmm. feet so fucking bad um so let's jump into the rest of the book now because or the not the rest of the let's do the whole rest of the book tonight bro. oh boy um the art is very different the, the art is very interesting to me because there's a big panel on top which is the play that we're watching mm-hmm. right the 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 ballet so we're watching a ballet and the top panel, and they are in the audience in the bottom panel. And I, the panel layout's fairly clear, which is the top one is bigger because this is the view that you would have from like the fifth row of the audience. Mm-hmm. We're watching the audience as the bottom panel, and the action's happening up on the stage. So we're mirroring 
being an audience member in a stage. It's a cool panel right. layout. It, it works visually. The panel layout works for me. Um, I loved pages. I basically just the rest of the book. I like the contrast between the top and the bottom. I know you don't like the art styles in either, and you're doing automatic writing on your notebook right now and ignoring what I'm saying, but I'm listening. What did you think about that? We don't, I mean, honestly, if you want, we don't have to talk about this issue at all. It's certainly a dramatic choice. Um, the super saturated, bold colors and the thick black outline on everything. Mm hmm. It's just, it's weird. Is there another arts artist that works in this style? A famous one? I feel like, I feel like I recognize this style from somewhere as a type of a thing. I don't know. Um, page three, panel one, I wrote down another exploration of duality. That surface delicacy and rigor with that savagery, savagery beneath. Um, and Alan Moore's writing here, I think, is great, which is the dance become now delicate with movement, careful and precise as those of cranes took on an atmosphere of ritual, a pool still semblance of vast gentleness that only only served to emphasize the pagan copcombs brightness of the passions held in check, which to me is like a perfect description of um, uh, Wendy and her husband's relationship. Mm -hmm. Where she's like, I'm sewing a thing now, and I'm talking about battleships, and their shadows are fucking each other's brains out on the wall. You know that 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 facade, that surface element to things. I, I absolutely loved that. Um, that panel also contains the terms scrotum bellied. Oh God. I forgot about those. And described the old man, because an old man comes onto the stage, and they describe his head as being wrinkled like a flaccid member. And by they, I mean that's how uh, Alice describes the dude's head in his letter. That's how Alan Moore describes it. Yeah, but in the world of the book, this the whole the whole story is told as though it's a letter from Alice to someone. I'm not sure who she's sending it to. It's I think it's a family member of hers, which is really interesting because she goes on to describe in great detail the sexual acts that she. Oh, and the other... I thought that this was an entry in a diary. Oh, maybe it could be. I was wondering. Oh, that makes more sense. Um. Page three, panel two, I wrote down the writing is amazing. And we get another opium reference in page three, panel two, which Alan Moore just, he just loves his opium. The audience sat mesmerized. It was intoxicating, not unlike those opium moments where our memory and our anticipation, all our was and will be is made gloriously muddled in the luminescent blur of now. Repeated phrases in the music, eerie as repeated instance, set like jewels in time. And what I liked about that is the idea of fixating or catching on to repeated phrases in music mm -hmm. as like um, moments that come whirling back around you. Um, th th I think, I don't really remember the acid experience very well, but they, uh, like the way that weed sometimes works the few times in my life that I've smoked it, but um, there's like these sharp moments that will hit, and then you don't remember if they happened or not. Where you're like, oh yeah, like five minutes ago I was something something, mm -hmm. 
And then something comes along that remind. Maybe this is just might just be how it works for me, but something comes along that feels. It's like it's like perfect deja vu. It's not like oh, I feel like something like this happened. You're like, this is that moment that happened five minutes ish ago. It's like it's coming back around. It's really really strange, but mm-hmm. I, I like the idea of the repeated motifs because they're they're about to have like delirious crazy audience sex. So that uh have you ever fucked in a theater? Um I've gotten a blowjob in a theater. Huh. I've never fucked in a theater, no. Um so I wrote down page 4 panel 1, holy fuck. You said you hated this. I hate. You know what this is? Is this is I think is this the difference in the art that we like? This is probably just an aesthetic thing. Probably. Okay. I just really really liked this. I I reacted really viscerally to this image. It's We've been watching a dance. It's and it's even though Bert is saying like the art is strange, it's very clearly we have these are human figures, dancers. We're watching dances. Their arms are over their head. We can see the dance taking place, and then all of a sudden you turn the page to page four. Like it's these are the style is different, but these are clearly human. There's nothing like abstract about it. And then you turn the page and hit oh, page four. Abstract. Really, you think this is abstract? Yeah. This is not how I think of abstract art. These are all recognizable human figures. Like it's not realism, though. Okay, it's not it's not realism. It's but abstracted. Yeah, it's not totally abstract. Okay, well, when I think abstract, I think like Jackson Pollock. Like I've, I am a box with a circle for a head. That's mm, I, it, well, people who have Picasso. the Picasso. People who have the the book can see it, but for me, these are all like fair. Maybe I'm just a shitty artist and don't know what human beings look like, but these are all fairly representative of humans to me. And then I turn the page. And you hit page four, and there's nothing recognizably human anymore except for like two people's feet. And then this weird like photograph of maybe like a Gibson girl or something yeah. that she cut into pieces. There's a yeah, there's a cut up face of a like a young beautiful girl in this mass of color. Oh, is that an arm? Is that an arm? Are those boobs? Those maybe those are arms, but there's a. It's a mass of color. It's utterly just representational. It, there's nothing human about it anymore. It's just a blob. With and the, I love the scribbles and the. It looks like she just randomly, wantonly grabbed colors and markers and you know pigma pens and colored pencils and just let go into the art. I'm sure it's more considered than that, but it it looks like the chaotic gorgeous mess that that a powerful potent strange mind-altering sexual experience can be and there's something about just that piece of art that speaks to me and that's i guess you know that's the whole thing about art right um please let that be the whole thing about art but there's something about like looking at who's an artist that you really love who's that designer guy that who does we saw him at on our anniversary when we went to the museum he did the he does like simple lines like intersection intersecting lines he's more of a like a design type guy than like a i do paintings and charcoals god i don't i don't know i don't remember it was like okay but the basically bird was looking at a piece of art that was like a triangle and another triangle and a square it was like a really oh are you talking about um 
balls. I'm not talking about balls, no. I can't remember. Okay, so I was looking at like the the weird like like Kath Kolowitz I just discovered and oh she's amazing. <laughs> um but I, I was looking at that stuff and Bird Bird was looking at like uh the stuff we were looking at and like reacting to was so different. I was looking at like like paintings and printings and like big splotches of black. And remember that one giant painting in the middle room that was like kind of splatter art, but it was mostly yeah, really it dark was like reds. a nebula. Yeah, it was. And I'm like looking at all this stuff, and I'm like, wow. And then Bird's like, look, someone's drawn a perfect square on a canvas, and I'm like. I don't get it, but I'm so glad you like it. <laughs> I feel like this is one of those moments where I'm like, look at that glorious mess. And you're like, oh, there's no structure to that at all. <laughs> it's just where our, our, our artistic, our artistic sensibilities clash. Yeah. Um, I originally wanted to read a bunch of stuff, but I'm not gonna. Um, just because you said you also didn't like the storytelling. You didn't nope. like the writing. I will point people to page four, panel one, page five, panel one, um, page six, panel one. I want to, re- I have to read the caption and I have to read the first caption on panel seven. I just absolutely have to. So page six, panel one. Oh man, it's so long. Never mind. I'm not going to read it. I can't read all this stuff because we'll probably get sued into the ground, but, um, for me, uh, there's a contributor to our show, John Shiby. I think John, you would l- absolutely you're absolutely going to l- love the writing in this chapter. I think I don't know. I think it feels actually, Bird. You might be better suited to say whether or not John would like this. You have more experience with his writing, but um, this to me, this sort of thing, that sort of, del- there's a delirious quality to this writing, which just revels in the sound of words and powerful imagery. So that to me, I, I just, this, this writing resonates with oh, me so maybe. Um, There's more collages happening on that page as well. I, yeah, I think that's really interesting. I think it's telling that in page seven, panel two. I think those are fuchsias. Is that a flower? Yeah. Oh. In panel two of page seven, Dorothy is licking Wendy's feet. All about the feet with that girl. Well, it's, yeah, I was going to say it's interesting because when we first started reading this, we were kind of saying that the foot fetish thing was just a mask that she was trying on. Mm-hmm. And we see her try it on again. And now I'm wondering if maybe this has become part of her sexual repertoire. If this is like now Maybe. in her bag of tricks or, or, or in her in her palette of paints that or sexual paints that she, you know, creates her sexual experiences with. I don't, don't know. Don't call them sexual paints. Sexual paints. No. You don't like that? Well, then no. don't call them pussy fingers. <laughs> oh, OK. Anyway, I don't know. Gauntlet's been thrown down. I don't know. I, I, I liked that because it is in keeping with her character that that's something she has experience with um that is the the totality of my notes for this issue so in the end we are finally given uh the official introductions where they all say like i'm alice i'm wendy i'm dorothy and we're like oh look it's we figured that out already because your stories are very very clearly indicative Mm -hmm. of who you are but 
I'm I'm bummed you didn't love this one. This is the first one that we've I think yeah. really disagreed with on, and also this is the first one that you didn't like. I'm hoping you like the rest of the book as we go forward. Otherwise, yeah, me too. Otherwise, it's gonna suck. It's gonna be a bit of a slog. So we actually just finished book one. Older children. When this was released, um, when this book was re- uh, when Lost Girls was released, it was originally released in three Ooh. volumes. It's re- it was released as a as three separate uh, hardcover volumes in like a slip case. And this, we have the, the big omnibus version, which collects it all into one volume. Oh. So yeah. Oh, you're so skipping ahead. Sorry. Little Miss flicks through the future. I'm a time traveler too. Oh my God. We're all time travelers. All right. Well, you're clearly exhausted. I'm hungry. So let's, uh, let's wrap this one up. I don't have anything else for that issue or for the ones that we did this week so we are a listener supported podcast if you like what we do and want to hear more of what we do you can head on over to patreon.com slash max peterson where you can get bonus episodes shout outs on the show and so much more it's all there it's all self-explanatory if you want to write us uh if we we cover a lot of fairly controversial topics recently um, especially in recent episodes, if you have, if there's anything you want to say, if there's any topics you want us to speak more about, or if you have any opinions or anything you want to weigh in on, you can send us an email at chatmanandrobinpodcast at gmail.com. You can also comment on episodes on the website. Which is quillandfilmproductions.com. So that's the source. That's this, the place where I um, host all of these, even though a lot of our or listeners... Or is it backslash... Chatman you and can Robin. just click the Chapman and Robin link at the top of the page. So Quillen Film Productions. Most of our listeners go through iTunes. Speaking of yeah. iTunes, if you listen on iTunes, please rate please and rate. review. Um, ratings and written reviews are how iTunes algorithms decide which podcasts get in front of other people. So good ratings and reviews from uh, listeners is the best way for us to expand our podcast. If you want to check out more of Bird's stuff, Bird, where can they find you? I'm on Instagram, the.artist.bird. And what's your website? You have an artist website as well. Theartistbird.com. Wow, theartistbird.com. That's yeah. so much easier than Quill and Film Productions. I know. I'm on Instagram as actualmaxp. I'm also on Twitter from time to time as at uh, maxjpeterson. And that is all the shit that's fit to print. So we're going to get out of here and we'll be back at you next week with more lost girls episodes Heck yeah. we're gonna be back on the lost girls train oh, for a while we're gonna begin um, book two. Oh, good let's also say that drawn to sex the comic that we talked about last week yes um it ends tomorrow so if you want to back the kickstarter if you want to pre-order your copy of drawn to sex uh you have one day left Right, so get over on Kickstarter, look up Drawn to Sex. It's an amazing comic made by amazing people for an amazing purpose. So go and check it out. I did realize just now, before we go, we do have to shout out our Patreon supporters. Well, yeah, we probably should. We totally forgot to do it. But you know what? We meaning you? In a weird, hey now. (laughs) Yeah, well, I guess I'm supposed to be driving this thing. You are. I did mention one of them already, John Schreibe and his beautiful, lovely, amazing, uh, glitter-tastic wife. (laughs) Casey Shivey, um, they have mentioned, I, uh, I'm not sure if they got it yet or not, but they're one of the, the pairs of listeners who is said that they were going to get the book so they could follow along. And this week in particular, God, I hope they did because there's so, there's so much, if you guys haven't picked this book up, definitely pick it up. Um, 
thank you to so thank you so much, Shibies, and thank you so so much. Mr. Connor Sweeney. Ooh, mm. things just got steamy. Well, how can it not get steamy when you talk about Connor Sweeney? Oh, man, he supported this podcast. What you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> He's the patron. Sweeney. <laughs> He's the patron with the matronly hips. Oh, or eyes. rude. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just want to grab on him and hug him and be like, I hope you're cool with this, Connor Sweeney, because I should have asked before I did those things. And you know what? If you read Drawn to Sex, you'll know that that's the case. Okay, I, I'm so fucking tired. Let's, <laughs> okay. go, let's go eat some dinner. Also, Carl Hartley is the supporter on Patreon. He hates it when we shout him out. Thank you, Carl. <laughs> All right. Well, that's Chatman and Robin for this week. I'm Max Peterson. And I'm Bird. Holy podcast, Chatman. Thank <laughs> you.